Hello, product innovators. Today we learn about the importance and major trends in materials selection in product design from a PhD who is CTO of a materials data platform. This is the Product Startup Podcast, a show to learn from top leaders in hardware product development, prototyping, manufacturing, product selling, and everything in between. Hosted by Kevin Macko, the leading expert on product development for hardware startups. Welcome back, everyone. I'm very excited to introduce Ori Udelovich to the show. Ori is the CTO of Materials Zone, a materials information platform for hardware product development. He has a PhD and has been in academics and higher education lecturing for over 15 years before transitioning over to industry. Today, Ori will share valuable knowledge from inventors, startups, and small manufacturers on why materials are so important to the hardware product design process, what the trends are in materials science today, and how to ensure you select the right materials for manufacturing and for product marketing together. Now, on to the episode. This show is produced by Mako Design, the original firm providing end-to-end consumer product development services tailored specifically to hardware startups, small manufacturers, and inventors. Take your product from idea to store shelves at MakoDesign.com. Now, on to the episode. Hi, Ori. Welcome to the show. Hi, Kevin. Really nice to be here. Well, we're excited to have you on today to talk about materials. Materials are obviously an important part of the product development, product engineering, product prototyping, and of course, product manufacturing process. And what better person than you to talk about it today? You're behind, obviously, a lot of the technology that brings some of these informatics to actual materials and how to choose materials and all these other great things about understanding materials in development and through to manufacturing and so on for hardware products. Before we get into all this, give us a bit of a background of how you became the success story that you are today. Thanks for the introduction, Kevin. I have spent actually a lot of years in academia, studied chemistry and physics, and uh, and I have a PhD in mathematics. For academia, I actually worked in a company called Dealtime that was later bought by uh, eBay. I was a comparison website, one of the first ones. Today, I work for four years already. I work for a company called TerialZone, a great company that's a data management platform that helps companies in any industry that produces hardware, that produces products, hard products that are made out of materials, right, where materials uh, research is being done. We empower that process. Well, let's start big picture here. What are materials and then why are they so important to the product development process? Yeah, so I mean, materials are basically the building pieces of everything that we have around us, right? Everything that is in your room right now, uh, the car that you're driving, the airplane that you take, everything is made out of materials. And every product that you use has, you know, years and years of sometimes dozens of years of research behind them. To give like a simple example, you know, like I have this mug of, of tea here, so it's made out of materials that can sustain the heat of my tea. Right. That's like very simple, but like the solar panels on your roof, you want to get them to be more and more efficient. You want the batteries. If there's batteries inside them, you want them to store energy. All of this requires better and more optimized uh, materials for the job. So materials research is really core to progress, especially when we talk today about a world of global warming where we need to be much more efficient in everything we do. So materials are our core. Materials is such a big part of product development, and especially for non-technical or non-design founders, it's often something that's relatively overlooked. It's just kind of an assumption that, well, you design a great product, and of course, you're going to have some materials, plastics, metals, et cetera, that put it together. But the reality of product development is that materials have a major impact on the design, the visual design of the product, 
the engineering details of the product, how the product actually works and the functionality, et cetera, weighs very heavily on a materials. There's lots of things that you can do with one material, but you can't do with another material. And that weighs into some of even the early design and ideation process and understanding what are those material parameters and why do you need to understand what they're going to be so that you can actually do the 3D CAD design around best practices, not just for the product, but for the underlying materials that that product is going to rely on. So talk a bit about the importance of this kind of materials research phase as you're doing the development of a new hardware product. That was a great description that you just gave. The analogy that we like to give always in our company when we try to explain exactly the question that you ask is that building product out of materials is in a way, you know, at least for the non-chemist, is very similar to cooking. When you cook, you want to make uh, the best pasta or you know, lasagna, you have to use ingredients, right? Ingredients are the analogy of materials. You know, there's a huge difference if you use a whole wheat flour or white flour, right? So the, the analogy here would be if you use a cheap material or a, or a very high quality material. You know, the question of the choice of materials that you use. And there's also the question of the process, right? That's also a big part of what are you going to do with those materials? How are you going to mix them? What process are they going to go through? What's going to be the temperature in the machines that you're making them? The pressure, uh, if there's any light around, all these things, every little parameter, and these can accumulate to hundreds of parameters that affect your end product, how good your end product is, right? So you could use sometimes cheaper materials if you do your process better, or you'll end up using more expensive materials if your process is not optimized. And there's a lot of science and a lot of research put in to reach, as I said before, all these amazing products that surround us. And it's so important to understand what some of the common trends are in technology around those materials as well. Every year, I know from a design firm perspective, every year we get introduced to new properties, new materials, new use cases that elevate the amount of tools as designers we have in order to make certain things function in certain ways. So staying on top of what some of the latest and greatest technologies are can increase quality, but it can also reduce costs. And it can also have a whole bunch of other benefits like sustainability, time to market, manufacturing regions, you name it. So talk a bit about some of the trends that you're seeing on the materials engineering side and how that potentially could affect hardware development. Uh, so let's look at the trends and then potentially some of the effects or some of the nuggets from those trends for people who are working on the development and or manufacturing of their products today. There are a few trends that are becoming more and more dominant these days that are affecting how difficult it is to create a product, uh, how flexible we have to be in adapting to changes much more than we see in the past. I'll mention a few of these. So one of them is, as you said, sustainability, right? Sustainability is becoming a more and more essential part of our, of our lives. It's about agreements between countries to reduce carbon footprint. All, the, all of these things, they have a lot of influence on how we make our products. Certain materials that we use might have a higher carbon footprint. You want to replace them with other materials. Your clients, the people buying the, the products from you, they're looking at these parameters, right? They're being also measured where you're buying your materials from. Right, materials uh, coming from uh, faraway countries that have to go by plane, their carbon footprint is much higher. So, so there's even a choice in geography here. This is one example: sustainability. Another example is uh, supply chain problems. Right, we've seen a lot of these in the last couple of years with the geopolitics uh, around the world, and 
these are putting a lot of constraints. So some companies that are used to using a certain supply or a certain material, they just don't have access to that material anymore. They have to adapt quickly. They have to find alternatives for that material. Give one maybe last example, and these are regulations, strengthening regulations. We're much more aware about what kind of packaging we put our food in. Some packaging might be toxic. In the past, we maybe weren't aware of it or we weren't as careful about it. And today they're, they're strengthening regulations. And from one day to another, suddenly you're not allowed to use a certain type of material. You have to move to another kind of material. So all of these things, these are mentioned like three different trends that are affecting material development and product development highly. Absolutely. And all of those things are really important. I love how you touched on two very different angles there. One, you're looking at the supply side. So how does this increase the quality of your product or the sustainability of your product or the regional availability of the product? So making sure that you're using materials that have regional flexibility so that you can move if necessary from one zone to another without being hyper-restricted potentially to a material that's only offered in one manufacturing region or district or is difficult to get access to or may have supply fluctuations. Sometimes it's available, sometimes it's not. Those considerations are really important from the back-end side, but you also mentioned the front-end side sales. Customers are more educated than ever before. Reviews are prevalent. The internet is a fast place where they can get informed very quickly about what materials should be being used depending on the type of product that you're selling. So it's not only thinking about materials to ensure you're making the best product, but also so that you're giving the best offering to your customers that matches what they believe and what they understand about the importance of materials. We're seeing this across the board, right? Customer demand is really sometimes pushing you into a certain way of considering materials or a certain approach to materials. So you've got to think about both these ends, front end and back end. And you address both of those, both of those, especially more than ever, should always be considered in the design, even early design, especially as you get into manufacturing. As you get into manufacturing, you've really got to nail those things down because at some point you got to pull the trigger and produce. So making sure that you've really designed a product that is obviously well-engineered, but also well thought out in terms of the actual materials composition, that's what makes for a great product. Again, as we mentioned, both on the back end and on the front end. So talk a bit about material zone and how this helps with that process, because I'm a big fan, obviously, from the design firm perspective of the, any kind of increased in flexibility, ease, and data around selecting, working with, designing for, and manufacturing using the best materials possible at modern times. Yeah. Good question, of course. I like talking about uh, my workplace and, uh, and what I do. So Material Zone helps in exactly these problems that we discussed, right? So we, we discussed having to deal with uh, very complex recipes, right? Which was the number of materials we can use to make a product, the, the very complex process that it can go through, all the parameters that such a big wiggle space that you have when you're producing these things. And then you have all these constraints that we discussed, the carbon footprint you want to reduce, the regulations. And Material Zone is a platform. It's a SaaS platform that companies can use to connect all of this data end to end, right? So you can combine data coming all the way from procurement, right? And that's you know where you're buying these things from. We talked about sustainability and how distance matters, pricing, you know, which material, the prices, uh, of course, are a big factor, regulation departments, everybody can feed all of this data into the platform. Then you have one unified place where all this data is being collected. 
Then the R&D engineer, the person that is actually designing the product that has to make these choices, that has to try out all these recipes, can have like one place where they can see all the data, they can visualize it in an easy way. And most importantly, they can model the data. They can use a modern AI technology, machine learning, to build models that can predict what happens in certain situations, right? So typically you would need now to try out maybe thousands of different recipes before you find what you need. This is very costly. Just the materials themselves are, are expensive, but also devices that you need to use. Maybe you need to outsource this and you're paying per hour, right? So modeling this and having some idea where to explore, right? Which materials to explore, which process to explore, this can reduce the time to market substantially. It can reduce the amount of money you have to spend on all these resources. And that's what Material Zone does. We accelerate material discovery and we make the process much smoother. We connect the different ends of the company, proving visibility. Everybody can see what everybody else does. Well, it's very helpful and it's, it's great information. I can tell you it's much appreciated from the design firm perspective because almost every project, you've got a number of materials and design elements that you've really nailed before. Even for, as a design firm, you've got a bunch of these things in your library and you work with certain materials, you're very comfortable with certain things, you understand their properties. But then there's this fringe element, which is on kind of the outside, which is something that's unique or proprietary or something, like you said, you have to experiment with or test out. And that is where this can become very valuable, but also not just on, let's call it the experimental portion of the project. But on the routine development side of the project too, it can be kind of helpful in making sure that you're up to speed. So are your assumptions from last year still relevant this year? Are the regulations still intact? Is the supply chain availability still intact? So not only is it good for that new stuff, but it's good for the stuff that you're comfortable with as well from a design engineering, prototyping, and onto production process. So much appreciated for the work that you're doing. What is the uh, website that people can learn more if they want to check it out uh, for themselves? So people are very welcome to visit our website, www.materials.zone. You can find uh, information about our platform, our product. You can find our contact details. And we're very happy to, to talk to anybody listening to this show. Ori, much appreciated for all your words of wisdom. And as always, I will put the link in the show notes below so anyone can just click through. Thanks again for all your help today, and we look forward to talking again soon. Thank you, Kevin. This was a lot of fun. Thanks, Ari. Appreciate it, and take care. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Product Startup Podcast. If you found some value in the show, please do us a huge favor and hit the like button and subscribe. If you have any questions, guest suggestions, or anything else, feel free to reach out to us anytime at our email, podcast at macodesign.com. This show is hosted by Kevin Mako, North America's leading expert on product development for hardware startups. And the podcast is produced by Mako Design, the original firm providing end-to-end -end consumer product development services tailored specifically to hardware startups, small manufacturers, and inventors. Take your product from idea to store shelves at makodesign.com. That's M-A-K-O design.com. Thanks for joining and see you again soon.